Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Letterman Row. It is a big day for Ohio State football news. We are here to break every bit of it down. That's Andy Baxter on the other side of that screen, but you already knew that by now. I'm Spencer Holbrook. Uh, the caption says it all. Ohio State has fired special teams coach Parker Fleming. This has been something that we've been expecting since, uh, frankly, the Michigan game. Um, had this thing written after the Michigan game, thought it might happen before the Cotton Bowl, Andy. it They the Buckeyes keep him on staff until after the Cotton Bowl. The Cotton Bowl, another special teams disaster. Um, catching punts inside the five. Um, bat, it was a good day of punting, but just special teams errors. There were a couple penalties on special teams. Um, and so Ryan Day was forced to make this move. And now the Buckeyes are have a staff opening. What, uh, what are your initial thoughts uh, first on the Parker Fleming firing? But then we'll obviously get into the new hiring for Ohio State as well because the staff is in complete shakeup mode. Yeah, the Parker Fleming firing felt inevitable at this point, just given the mistakes not only this season, but also the end of last season. Remember the last play of the 2022 season for Ohio State, of course, ended in that shanked field goal by Noah Ruggles. And, and not only that, but there was also another fake punt fiasco in that game uh, with a penalty before that that didn't get you know run correctly. So there, there's just been a lot of stuff that I feel like starting from last year, bleeding into this year, uh, Parker Fleming, great guy, but but certainly just you cannot kind of defend all the mistakes that happened between the past couple of seasons. And so we were kind of just waiting on this decision to be made. And now it kind of raises the question of, you know, where do you go with special teams for a program that prides itself on special teams? I mean, Xavier Johnson was a captain of this team. He was someone that was kind of groomed through special teams. We've seen so many players. Jermaine Matthews this year first made an impact on special teams, then gets to start at cornerback in the absence of Denzel Burke. 
Special teams is foundational to this program. It's really important. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean there needs to be a special teams coordinator, but whoever is, you know, have the responsibility of coaching it, that's a big responsibility because that's kind of the way that they raise some of these players on this program. Yeah, it's uh, like I said, Andy, at the beginning of this entire thing, this was a long time coming. Uh, look back um, at even we can go back to 2021, Parker Fleming's first year as the special teams coordinator. Um, Britton Covey returns a kickoff in a critical moment for a touchdown in the in the Rose Bowl against Utah. Um, and that could have kept Utah or it kept Utah up two scores on Ohio State after the Buckeyes seized momentum in that game. You know, you look at uh, Julian Fleming trying to catch kickoffs in the Michigan game and the Buckeyes first drive against Michigan in 2021 in the snow started at the four yard line because of a special teams blunder. Fast forward to 2022. You had a miscommunication on uh on a punt that ended up being a successful fake punt, but it was kind of a pie in the face of Ohio State to fake a punt up 30 against Rutgers because it wasn't relayed properly that just punt the ball, even if it's something that that Jesse Marco saw. You know, of just a cavalcade of errors for Ohio State on special teams the last couple of years. Um, and a lot of people point to the raise to Parker Fleming last year. Um, I do as well. But Ryan Day um, seems to have saw a mistake that he made and corrected it uh, pretty quickly here. We had been hearing about this again since before the Cotton Bowl. Um, it's just happening now, and I don't think it's um, I don't think it's too late for Ohio State to correct the error. So, you know, what must happen eventually needs to happen now. And Ryan Day has officially made that move um, after, frankly, seeing enough. You could tell how disgusted he was during special teams penalties, special teams timeouts um, this season. You could just see it on the sideline how disgusted Ryan Day was with some of the stuff that was going on on special teams, and now. The Buckeyes have a new special teams coordinator, Andy. I did find it interesting in the same release where Parker Fleming was was let go. They didn't say the word fired, but I mean he's not retained and he still had time on his contract. He's he got fired. Um, I found it interesting that Matt Guerrero, who is the new special team or the new safeties coach, the release says Matt Guerrero has been hired as the program's new safeties coach with additional responsibilities to be assigned. Is he going to be the special teams coordinator? I don't know. He's never coached special teams at the college level. But um, the Buckeyes either have a need for a special teams coordinator, they have a need for one of their assistants to step up and take the reins of special teams, um, or Ryan Day can head up special teams. Those are the three options here. Um, but frankly, uh, something had to be done, and this was the first step in that. I don't see the benefit of Ryan Day heading up special teams just because that's another thing on his plate. and Or it seems like the focus right now is to get less on his plate. Um, just so he can focus more on being on the head coach. But I do think that you're right, that an assistant could easily take this on. Maybe it is Matt Guerrero because, you know, there's not always a special teams coordinator for every roster. You look at coaching staffs throughout the country. Not every team has a special teams coordinator. You don't necessarily need a special teams coordinator. Now, as I said before, special teams are very important to Ohio State. So I don't know how they're going to go about that. And even if there isn't a distinct role for it, it's still going to be of utmost importance. And that's why you're seeing this move being made because it is a way too important phase of the game just in general, but especially for Ohio State for having the mistakes routinely that they had. I mean, this year, the three that come to mind for me are kind of the botched long snap against Maryland that allowed Maryland to take that early lead, 7-0, and actually had a 10-0 lead in that game. And Ohio State really needed a Josh Proctor pick six to kind of turn the tide in that one. Uh, another one that comes to mind is, is the punt it was muffed after it hit Lorenzo Styles Jr. It wasn't Lorenzo Styles' fault, but if anything, it was Jaden Ballard's fault for not calling that out louder. Uh, that was mentioned in a press conference and was kind of called upon. And then, of course, there was, you know, kind of you alluded to it, 
you know, we, the Jesse Murko Rutgers situation, it's almost like two times over, right? Because this year at Rutgers, there's a another miscommunication. And this one just seemed to be, you know, I, I don't even know what it was really. It was never explained well, but it wasn't a called fake punt. Jesse Murko takes off and runs, doesn't even get the first down this time. And that was another blunder that kind of have everyone scratching their heads. So those are three that just stick out. And then, of course, in the Cotton Bowl, it just felt like the cherry on top of all the wrong reasons. Just, you know, fair catches inside the 10, uh, you know, procedural penalties. And, you know, when you have the missed field goal as well, when Lincoln Keynotes finally gets some momentum and you're trying to put points on the board, Jaden Fielding misses a field goal. So there's just too many things, as we mentioned, um, too much frustration, I think, from this unit. And so now you have to figure out, okay, how do we get back to being a program that, that can pride itself in this phase of the game? Absolutely. And, you know, that's not even mentioning, I know that you mentioned the the bad snap by John Froman against Maryland in a critical moment. Ohio State needed that punt um, early in that game and, and did, just frankly didn't get it. Um, Ohio State had two straight games last year where it failed to execute a fake punt. And even if Kirby Smart hadn't called timeout in that game against Georgia, uh, Ohio State had 12 men on the field for that fake punt, and so it wasn't going to work anyway because a procedural penalty would have been called. I think by my count, the Buckeyes had three different holding penalties on fair catches on punts this year. That's not acceptable. Um, and so it was just, a again, a cavalcade of errors uh, coming to the fore for Ohio State. Here's what I will say. Um, my inbox on Twitter, my, my mentions on Twitter, or X, whoever, whatever you want to call it, are flooded with celebratory responses. And I understand that. This is a position that pays $500,000 a year. We know that because it's a public position. Um, they are not um, immune from scrutiny whatsoever. I would never celebrate somebody losing their job. These are people. These are families. But Ryan Day had really no choice in this matter. And when you have are in this high leverage of a situation, when you have this much riding on a 2024 that, the, you know, Michigan just won a national championship with a quarterback that went 10 of 18 for 140 yards and no touchdowns. Why? Because they went on the margins. They went with special teams. They, you know, they, they almost lost with special teams in the Rose Bowl. We saw how important the little things are in the college football playoff um, in both of those games. We've seen how important special teams are for Ohio State in the college football playoff. Ryan Day knows what 2024 means. And so I'm not celebrating what Ryan Day had to do here. It is never fun to watch somebody lose their job. And to be honest, you know, Letter Monroe has had good conversation with Parker Fleming. I like Parker Fleming a lot, but this is something that could not stand at Ohio State. And so Ryan Day did what he had to do. And I'm not asking people to uh, break out a violin and play for, uh, you know, some sad music, but also I, I just, you know, keep in mind, these are people with jobs and you never want to see somebody lose their job, but there was kind of no choice here for Ryan Day. And now he just has to decide where he goes from here with the special teams coordinator position. You know, Keenan Bailey has helped with special teams a lot. Could he be in line for the special teams coordinator role uh, along with tight ends duties? Matt Guerreri, the new safeties coach, which we're about to get into, is he going to be involved in special teams? Is this going to be a group effort? Uh, you know, it, it just depends on where Ryan Day sees this staff and where it needs to go because – you know, he's had a few different staff structures and a couple of them have worked out and a couple of them just simply haven't. Yeah, I think that joint effort could really work between those two guys. You just mentioned Keenan Bailey, Macarary. They're both young, high energy guys. And I think that that's a high energy position group. You want to call it phase of the game. You need guys to be up for playing a few snaps here and there, kind of being cold and getting on the field and, and making an impact. And, you know, those are both position groups, too, for the safeties group. 
you know, Tim Walden's the head of that secondary group. He's the secondary coach and he's the cornerbacks coach. He's kind of the head of that room. The safeties coach is very important, but it kind of takes second place, in my opinion, of that secondary group. Tight ends coach is really important as well, but you're not the offensive line coach and you're not the wide receivers coach. So there is a little bit more wiggle room for added responsibility for both those positions. So I like those two names, whether it'll be one of them or both of them. I think that's totally possible that they'll be kind of having a hand in this special teams shuffle. Um, but yeah, the McCrary hire, maybe we can shift into that a little bit. I think that that's really exciting for Ohio State, considering that he was with the program in 2022 as a senior advisor and an analyst with this program. Of course, he knows Jim Knowles. He was working with Duke for quite a long time under Jim Knowles. Um, and he's you know played safety at Davidson back in the day. He's coached safeties at Duke, coached safeties at Indiana this past year when he was a co-DC under Tom Allen. A lot of experience, kind of one of those young up-and-comers throughout the 2010s and into the 2020s now who, you know, kind of attracts a lot of interest. And he's at Ohio State for a reason. Yeah, he absolutely is. And, you know, this is a guy who, you know, I don't want to even sound like Chris Collinsworth was like, here's a guy. But, you know, like this is a guy who knows Jim Knowles' system better than maybe anybody. Um, he was a GA under Knowles uh, in 20, all the way dating back to 2012 at Duke. Then he rises up as a promoted guy to the safeties coach. Well, then when Jim Knowles leaves, David Cutcliffe uh, respects Matt Guerrero and, and likes what he does enough to promote him to co-defensive coordinator. Um, and that's probably the only reason he didn't follow Jim Knowles to Oklahoma State. So what does what does Jim Knowles do? The first move he makes when when Ohio State hires him is he brings in Matt Guerrero, a guy who had just has just been let go by Duke, even though he was well respected. The, the coaching staff turns over at Duke. Jim Knowles turns straight to his, the Duke staff, brings Matt Guerrero into Ohio State because he trusts him. He knows what he's going to get out of him. He knows how hard of a worker Matt Guerrero is. This isn't a nepotism hire by, you know, not a, a father-son nepotism, but like a nepotism because he knows the guy. No, Jim Knowles had no reason to latch on with Matt Guerrero all the way back in 2012, but he, but Matt Guerrero chose to latch on to Jim Knowles and learn from Jim Knowles, and now that's paying off in a big way. McGarry is going to be one of the 10, as I like to say, one of the 10 assistant coaches at Ohio State. Why? Because Jim Knowles saw him and respected him enough for a decade at Duke. And then Ryan Day saw him work uh, for a year at Ohio State. And together they decided, hey, this guy's worth a staff spot. You know, can he recruit? We don't know. That's We're going to have to talk to Matt Parker about that. But, uh, you know, this is a move that I think Ohio State thought um, was a good move to make. Gary's worked under two defensive coordinators in his career, Jim Knowles and Tom Allen. Well, guess what? Jim Knowles is the making $2 million to coach the Ohio State defense and trying to win a national championship. And Tom Allen is being paid a lot of money, I don't know the exact amount, to now be the Penn State defensive coordinator and try to win them a national championship. So this is a well-respected guy. A lot of people seem to like it. Well, and by the way, Ohio State played Indiana week one this season and only scored 23 points. Part of that is because McCreary had a hand in that Indiana defense. Yes, it's Tom Allen's defense to run, but Josh Fryer, I was looking back at some of the interviews. He was asked about it. What was unexpected about this Indiana defense? He said, well, we weren't sure what to expect. Was it going to be Tom Allen stuff? Was it going to be Matt Gray stuff? And it was a combination of the two. So Matt Gray wasn't just sitting there at Indiana. He had a role in a defense that was quite competitive this year, had a lot of talent. That offense just couldn't match the talent that Indiana had on the defensive side of the ball. That's why they didn't win a lot of games. But defensively, they put up some fights in some games this year, especially against Ohio State week one. And I think that caught a lot of people's attention of, hey, that's a good thing for Matt Guerrero's resume. Certainly caught Ohio State's attention, and I'm sure that factored into the interview process as he got this job. The other thing I'll say about recruiting, yeah, we don't know for sure if he can recruit five stars, 
uh, just in that role as safeties coach. But, you know, he's had position coach roles before, of course. He's been in the recruiting realm. It's not like this is a guy who never had a role of actually being one of those 10 assistants and, and recruiting. Like, he's, he's recruited before. We just don't know if he can recruit at the level Ohio State needs because that's why, you know, part of the reason why they moved off of Perry Eliano, it seems that they need more of a high standard for the recruiting aspect of things, being able to land those five stars, being able to build the depth and the room of that safety position going forward. Yeah, and I, I will add, I think Matt Guerrero doesn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting by himself on the recruiting trail because the defensive pass game coordinator is Tim Walton, who has proven time and time again now that he is an absolute home run hitter on the recruiting trail. That You don't want your assistants to have to be handcuffed on the recruiting trail or have to have an assistant go with them, but if you can just have two guys under the same defensive backfield umbrella and recruit together at both safety and corner, I think you're looking at a pretty formidable group there with Macarary, a young up and coming assistant with Ohio roots born in Willoughby up in Northeast Ohio. Uh, And then Tim Walton who played at Ohio state, but is from the South. Like you were talking about a pretty good duo there of defensive backs coaches who can team up on the recruiting trail, who can team up in the meeting room and who can team up with on the field performance. I think those two can make a pretty good pairing there and have some success as the Ohio state defensive backfield coaches, instead of just saying, you go do this with corners, you go do this with safeties. I think they can kind of morph together and do some things together. What do you think about that? Yeah. And by the way, he's, he's stepping into a pretty good role with on-field stuff right now. You got Sonny Styles back in the fold. You got Lathan Ransom, who's returning for another season, which is really key. And then, yeah, you got to replace Josh Proctor, but Malik Hartford really was impressive as soon as he got to this program and had a couple starts now under his belt. And so you got other guys, Jahad Carter still in the mix. There's a lot to play with in year one for on the field stuff. And I think as you're saying, you know, we looking forward to the future, the recruiting side is what we'll all be monitoring. And that's part of the evaluation process, right? That's actually number one for the evaluation process for Brian Day's staff. He came out and said that, uh, you know, last month. So that's going to be a big part of this process. But as far as the on the field stuff, I don't think people should worry at all because the talent is there. And I think the development people can trust in McRae will have those guys ready to play. Yeah, don't discount Jim Knowles' ability to coach the safeties as well. He doesn't run a safety-driven defense just to have uh, his hand in the linebacker cookie jar and not the safeties room. Um, this is a guy who's pretty involved just about everywhere in the on the defensive side of the football, um, and he's a pretty high-intensity guy. Like you said, there's going to be some veterans back. Lathan Ransom has already announced his return. Sonny Styles is coming back. Whether he plays safety or linebacker remains to be seen. Grary's biggest task is probably going to be making sure that – uh, Malik Hartford continues to make that growth and make that year two jump. Um, so that way in year three, he becomes like one of the stars of that defensive backfield. But by and large, you know, there's a lot to like with what Matt Guerrero's got to work with this year. Not to mention Jaden Bonsu, a second year guy that the Buckeyes are pretty high on, uh, was if he didn't get hurt early in the year, would probably have made an impact on special teams this year. Uh, Cedric Hawkins, a second year guy with a lot of skills that you like. Um, I know uh, Perry Eliano was really high on Jalen McLean before uh, he was let go by Ohio State. McLean obviously just signed with the Buckeyes. The Buckeyes are happy they got Leroy Roker, um, a three-star guy who was offered by just Ohio State and Iowa, but Iowa does a really good job developing safeties. So, like, there's a lot to like in that safeties room for Matt Guerrero to build on. But now you have to go stack that with the five-star talents. You know, the last couple cycles, Andy – They've they've missed out on Caleb Downs, who led Alabama in tackles as a true freshman. They missed out on Xavier Wampa, who's a really good player in the Iowa secondary now. They missed out on K.J. Bolden, who, you know, everybody likes to point out that he was related to Perry Eliano. 
I mean, family doesn't mean a lot when you've got a lot of wallet talk going on. So like, yeah. you know, but that's still a recruiting miss nonetheless. Like there's a lot to like in that room, but there's also a lot that could have been and what ifs that are in that room that Matt Guerrero's now got to go out on the trail, sit in the living room and say, here's why I'm different, why you need to come to Ohio State in the 2025 recruiting class. Yeah, and that's ultimately going to be the evaluation, right? Because the on-field stuff has been good from those safeties, especially this past season from Ohio State. So now you're looking, how can Macquarie be better than Perry Eliano? And I think the recruiting is, is probably going to be the biggest thing we look at going forward. Um, I also think that, you know, when you're looking at programs across the country, like you want to be five-star talent in every position group. And yes, you can use the transfer portal to patch up some holes. We're seeing that right now with quarterback position, running back position, offensive line for Ohio State. But they don't want to get in the habit of every year having to pull a transfer portal addition. We saw Tanner McAllister come in with the safety-driven uh, system. Jim Knowles brought over from Oklahoma State. We saw last year Jahad Carter being brought in. I don't think Ohio State wants to get in the habit of every year having to bring in a transfer at the safety position. I think they want to get in a position where they can build kind of developmentally from the high school level. Uh, of course, they'll bring in the transfers when they need to, but I think that's going to be a big task for Matt Guerrero to be able to build through high school recruiting as much as you can and try to have that room fortified better than it has been recently. I know everybody's waiting to hear from the 40-year vet himself, Tim May. We're going to bring him on right now and get his take on first – firing of Parker Fleming then maybe we'll ask him a couple questions about what he thinks about Matt Guerrero he was around him last year you know him you love him the 40-year vet Tim May Tim a uh, nice slide in like Chris Collinsworth how you doing man pretty good I'm always having trouble centering myself if you know what I'm saying <laughs> I'm doing great I mean you know you never like it when guys lose jobs uh, and Parker Fleming's one of the nicer guys I think we've met in this profession correct but time moves on and results are results and uh so, I mean, no offense, but we were talking about this middle of the year as a possibility. Matter of fact, we we're even talking about it before the year started. So that was no surprise whatsoever. Um, be interesting to see. I haven't seen the actual release yet, but it'll be interesting to see what Ryan Day does with that opening on the staff because, you know, you're not required to have a special teams coordinator. And like we talked about on one of our videos uh, after the season or whatever, you know, you could divide that up into five or six different coaches and uh, and get the maybe the same effects. So it's too bad because Parker's a really nice young man. Um, the Matt Guerrero hiring, boy, you just – I look back on that uh, Indiana game, right, the be season, beginning of the season wondering, man, how much info did he give them? You know what I mean? Because I thought uh, – I thought Indiana did a pretty good job against Ohio State for the most part, and you always tap the new tree, you know, in the orchard uh, when you get a, when a coach like that with that kind of information. And uh, but I think this is this was inevitable because I, you know, obviously it's uh, signed off on by Jim Knowles, and uh, he likes this guy. And like you said, you know, I'm not going. I don't want to sound like a broken record. I like Perry Eliano for a lot of reasons. Number one of which was he knew where Lufkin was because he went to he went to Stephen F. Austin State University in Nacogdoches, Texas, just 20 miles. That's where we used to have to cross a river to go buy beer because Lufkin, uh, Angelina County, was a dry county. So I got all kinds of connections to Nacogdoches. Uh, but he, you know, what did Ryan Day say, man? That when somebody asked him, it was one of the might have been Adam King or somebody. What are you looking for in the assistant coach? What's what's the very first thing he said? Recruiting. You got to be able to recruit. And whether the whether his misses were because, as you guys outlined, uh, 
clearly you're in a bidding war now in a lot of respects where the uh, that's maybe a little harsh way of saying it. But uh, when you miss on a couple of guys, it adds up on your resume and no matter what the reasons are. And so, you know, uh, Ryan Day, I think, was pondering this move for a while. I think you get that impression, too. Right. Uh, right, Spence. I mean, and Andy. And uh, it's just too bad because Perry's one of the great guys you're going to run into in this profession, too. I think he'll land on his feet. Hope Parker Fleming lands on his feet, too. But uh, Matt Guerrero is a young, you know, I'm not going to say whippersnapper, but uh, he's a, a lot of guys in that in that building like what he brought to the table when he was around at Ohio State. And now he's going to have a big seat at the table at the Knights of the Round Table. And we'll see we'll see what he will add. Yeah, two things, Tim, that are interesting, and I'd love to get Andy's take on them too. Like Ryan Day talked about recruiting, but also Perry Eliano before the season talked a lot about growing more comfortable in the system as an assistant coach, just as much as players in the defense grew comfortable in the new system with Jim Knowles in year two. Well, Perry Eliano is not going to get a year three, but Macarary is getting a year nine um, with with Jim Knowles. So like it's a big deal. You want, talk, you want to talk about a guy who is comfortable in a system like Macarary knows Jim Knowles maybe better than than even Tommy Eichenberg after Tommy Eichenberg spent 365 seven days a week, you know, 24 hours a day within the last two years. Like Guerrero has been around him maybe more than than Knowles's own wife. So like th- this is not a guy who is going to have to get comfortable in the system. He yeah. knows exactly what Jim Knowles wants. And if you know what your coaching staff wants, you know what your coaching staff wants on the recruiting trail. And here's yeah. the quote from Ryan Day. I want to read it because I don't want to get any words twisted here. Yeah. He was asked what the number one thing he looks for in assistance is. And Day said, quote, the first thing is recruiting. That's the number one thing. You have to recruit your position. That's your job. You're the head coach of your position. You make sure the room is strong year in and year out. We have a certain amount of depth that we have to have to have at each position. And then, you know, it's your job to make sure you have the best room in the country. That's the other thing we talk about a lot. When you're at Ohio State and you're coaching the wide receivers, it should be wide receiver you. If you're coaching the linebackers, it should be linebacker you because this is the best place in the country. Day expects that from his staff. Yeah. And now it is up to this coaching staff to make sure that the safeties room is the best in the country. Yeah. I, but, you know, we talked about this the other day, I think, right? Uh, I, I thought the entire secondary and especially the safeties – were much better this past season than the season before. Much more aware of what was going on around them, much more aware of their responsibilities, how they fit into the defense. Uh, granted, losing Lathan Ransom when they did. I mean, when you lose a player of that caliber, you don't really have another. I mean, you can have the best, you know, the BIA. You can have the the best uh, BSA, <laughs> best safeties in America um, sitting there. But – you're playing Lathan Ransom because he's the best of the best. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, and, uh, uh, I, you know, it's just, I don't know. I, this has to be more to do with recruiting than it does with, with coaching because, like we talked about the other day, when you put, uh, when you put the entire secondary under the, uh, under the umbrella of Tim Walton with uh, Perry Eliano coaching the safeties is the best way of putting it, uh, I thought I thought the improvement in that in that realm was was obvious this year, and uh, so I think this had a lot more to do with recruiting than it did with the actual coaching of players. And like I said, injuries take away you know from your performance factor, just like 
losing Marvin Harrison Jr. took away from the total performance factor of the wide receivers in that bowl game against Missouri. You could say the same thing about Lathan Ransom loss uh, middle of the season. That guy was going to be all Big Ten, maybe even better than that. And uh, we all saw his improvement. We all saw what they did with Sonny Styles. Uh, some respects, I think they tried to put a round peg in a square hole a little bit with him. We'll see how that changes uh, coming up. But that's a that's a podcast for another day. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, there are reasons, but I think the major reason was reason number one that you delineated there, and it and it's too bad because Perry's a, just an engaging uh, young man. I mean, I enjoy conversation with Perry Eliano, but you got to close right. Well, Macarrary, yes, he's been around the system for for quite a bit, but. The system's changed a little bit, guys. Like I do think we need to mention that the oh, yeah. gymnasts did make a shift philosophically this past year. It's not the same feast or famine as you know, maybe he had at Duke or he had at Oklahoma State. He made that big recognition in the offseason. Hey, I got the talent at Ohio State now. We can focus on the speed and less on the scheme and use the guys we have, maximize their talent. So I do think there's a little bit of a change, even since 2022 when Matt Greer was last year as an advisor and an analyst. So I do think he will need to kind of adjust to that. I don't think he'll have a problem with that, just pointing out that distinction. Uh, the other thing I'll say is that one of those changes is that the nickelback position became, you know, a little bit more of the corner position. Jordan Hancock sees that role, starred in that role, uh, potentially will come back in that role. We're not sure yet. I haven't heard of his announcement, but you get the sense that whoever is going to be there next year is also probably going to be in that corner mold. And that's another part of Tim Walton kind of having a little bit more influence on that secondary maybe than the safeties coach does. So, yes, safety-driven system, but asterisks next to that because there was really only two safeties on the field. And if you want to call Sonny Styles a linebacker, maybe one safety on the field uh, towards the end of last season. So it is a different system. It's changing. I think it's for the better. But I do think that the safeties play a different role in a different kind of scheme than when he started here at Ohio State. Right. What did you say? What is next to that position? What did you do? What was the word you use? Asterisks. Okay. Just want to check. <laughs> There's a lot of asterisks going around in college football right now. I know. It's hard to say asterisk. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's ask the risk of saying it, Tim. You don't know. Yeah, the risk of saying asterisk. Uh, so let's talk about the secondary a little more because just as um, – Ohio State decided to part ways with the special teams coordinator that everyone thought they would. And just as Ohio State decided to hire a coach like everyone thought they would, um, and we had hinted at LettermanRoad.com, um, I don't know if it was coordinated. I would, If I was a betting man, I would say it was. Um, that Denzel Burke announces his return at the exact same time Ohio State decides to make two coaching moves. One that of is huge. Very expected. Um, but, you know, sometimes things like this are a little coordinated. Yeah, well, yeah, but he always said January 10th, man. I mean, yeah, but he could have done it at 8 p.m. He could have done it at 8 a.m. It's just at the exact time Ohio State is announcing two coaching changes. Oh, by the way, our number one cornerback is returning for his senior season. But maybe he's got deal. stuff to do. Maybe he's got stuff to do. You know what I'm saying? Here's the deal Denzel Burke, CB1 of BIA is BACK. Denzel Burke back for one more year at Ohio State. Uh, the Seatbelt Society is alive and well. They love that celebration, and uh, you're going to be seeing a lot of that next year, whether that's Denzel Burke, Davison Igbenosin, and Jermaine Matthews as a three-man rotation. 
whether Aaron Scott or Bryce West comes in and takes over and it's a four-man rotation, whether Calvin Simpson Hunt from Waxahachie, Texas, takes another step and forward like he did middle of the season. I went by to see his high school stadium, by the way, on my way down to LaGrange after I left you guys uh, there high and dry in Dallas on that Saturday morning after the Cotton Bowl. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just – that guy's got big-time ups. I mean, I think everybody saw that special teams, whatever you want to call it. But Denzel Burke coming back is huge. I'm sorry, didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, Tim, it is huge. And, Andy, it is a move that maybe we expected after hearing all of the talk from Denzel Burke about how disappointed he was in the Michigan game, how he hasn't won a Big Ten championship, how he wants to be a top-ten pick. And that clearly, um, just fact of the matter, wasn't going to happen this this time around in the spring NFL draft. So, like, Denzel Burke, we maybe expected this, but it can't be understated how big this is. And it also can't be overstated how big this is for the Ohio State defense. And now they are a Jordan Hancock and a JT Tuimoloau announcement away from having the entire defense that could come back, other than Mike Hall, back. Andy, what does this mean for the unit? Yeah, Denzel Burke back, Jack Sawyer back, Tyleek Williams back, Ty Hamilton back, Cody Simon back, Lathan Ransom back. I didn't even have an extra finger up there to, to count the sixth one. So, look, you got a lot coming back. Denzel Burke, someone that had a little bit of injury trouble in 2022, finished the year strong, and then kind of adopted that pro approach. He talked about, you know, getting the building earlier, staying later, uh, as he calls it, moving differently off the field, you know being more disciplined, probably with schoolwork, you know, all those kinds of things. Didn't get into specifics of it, but you get the point, more focused. And I think that showed up on the field this year, starting in the spring game, really. He was really impressive. He was always the first name out of the coach's mouth when they talked about secondary and getting hands on ball and, and just being able to be more disruptive in the back end there. And we saw that at the beginning of the season. He was really on All-American pace. The first half of the year got hurt a little bit, missed a few games, and that kind of took him off that path but still strong end to the year. Only gave up one touchdown pass all year, uh, 25 catches. He was around that like 50% reception percentage allowed. Just a really good season from Denzel, but he wants to be even better. He wants to be a top 10 pick. He's probably the most confident guy in that building, and he should be. He's got a lot of talent. He's been starting since his freshman year. He was a freshman All-American, and he's someone that believes he can be the best cornerback in the country. And I think that's a great thing to have when he also has his improved maturity off the field to have that balance of confidence on the field, but also the maturity off the field and being willing to kind of talk for the unit and kind of preach the BIA tagline. I think that's a really good thing for not only the guys that are starting, but also like Jermaine Matthews to continue to learn underneath of him and Calvin Simpson Hunt, as you mentioned, and then the new DBs that they're bringing in this time around with Aaron Scott Jr., another, you know, another talker, another great talented DB. There, there's a lot to like. Bryce West, of course, too. You know, there, there's just so much to like in this DB room. A lot to be excited with Tim Walton and Denzel Burks at the front of that. You know what's funny is Tim Walton, when he was a player, I, that's how old I am. I know you keep bringing up 40-year vet, but uh, uh, Tim Walton, when he was a player, he was the opposite of a talker. I mean, he was a corner, but he was the opposite of a talker. And it's really interested, you know, what kind of players you end up coaching. But I would rather, as long as the – as long as the walk is pretty legit and the walk is pretty legit, I love I love these guys that talk. I mean, uh, Denzel Burke, uh, you know, he's more of a matter-of-a-fact talker if you follow my drift. You know, he's not – doesn't really make, like a, make a lot of boastful claims. He just pretty much tells you how it is. And uh, 
I've, I've always liked that in players. <laughs> I think y'all do too, right? Because when you ask them a question, you want an answer. And uh, I think you already brought up Tommy Eichenberg, right? But uh, the bottom line is uh, you want an answer. You want a conversation, not just a yeah, no. And, well, the best thing to do is don't ask yeah, no questions. But uh, but the bottom line is what's not to like about Denzel Burke in all kinds of ways, including uh, conversational interview situations? Yeah, it's it's a lot of good news. That's selfish. Yeah, yeah. A lot of good news for Ohio State. Um, you remember what I said the other day? I mean, about Michigan winning the day in uh, January. But I'm telling you, uh, this is as interesting a January as I've covered at Ohio State, fellas. I mean, I mean, I talk about that with uh, with Joshua Perry on my podcast this week that just dropped thanks to Spencer. Uh, I mean, there and this idea that Ryan Day, you know. Uh, lost his locker room. Remember that tweet I keep bringing up because it just bugs the hell out of me. Uh, Denzel Burke is another is another example of a guy coming back because he he wants some things, not just personal, but as a team. And uh, you don't get that from a team that's falling apart. It is interesting that there were I think fourteen or fifteen, maybe even up to sixteen uh, transfer portal departures. And 20 guys come into a recruiting class and you're questioning why are all these veterans leaving? You can't replace them with freshmen. Well, you can replace them with returners. And Denzel Burke is a huge part of that. You know, that Ohio State lost two corners to the transfer portal. That was Ryan Turner and Jair Brown. Jair Brown at LSU now. Um, Ryan Turner, I don't remember where he landed. Boston College, that's right. Uh, go Eagles. There we go. The Boston nine and three. Do they play football at Boston College? <laughs> they tried. Just joking, Andy. Just joking, Andy. Andy covered them for what? A century? It felt like it, didn't it? Just about. <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, so Ohio State lost two corners to the transfer portal. Ohio State had two really good freshman corners last year who were making strides. Ohio State's going to have two corners and a nickelback this year, a freshman making strides. Like sometimes when you lose guys, it doesn't always signal you know, something's happening or things like that. You know, there, there's a plan here is what I'm trying to say. And maybe that some of these moves um, and some of these returners could have announced things before the Cotton Bowl to give Ohio State fans some good news. But if Ohio State fans, and I'm, I'm not trying to preach to Ohio State fans, but sometimes patience is the best way here. Like the AFCA Coaches Convention, the American Football Coaches Association Convention, just wrapped up this week. Ryan Day was one of two Big Ten coaches there, according to to one of the national guys over at On Three. They do a great job covering. They did a great job covering that, um, as well as the national title game. Like Ryan Day was there. He had a plan the whole time. He knew that a lot of these juniors were going to come back for their senior year. He knew that sometimes, you know, people were going to criticize the coaching moves, but he knew he, that when and where to make those moves, how to make them. Very calculated. Right now, you know, Perry Oliano gone two days later. Matt Guerrero is now the new safeties coach like that. That's not something that just happens, you know, in a 48 hour period with the snap of a finger, like all of these moves right now are calculated for Ohio state and the Buckeyes haven't gotten another defensive end from the transfer portal. Like we thought they would have to, if Jack Sawyer and JT two and Molo all left, read the tea leaves there. Maybe it means good news. Maybe it means nothing. The Buckeyes brought in Quinshawn Judkins, a running back from the transfer portal. Maybe that means the Trayvon Henderson's gone. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe there's a two headed monster that's going to be there, but like, Everything that I have seen from this program in January so far, other than the biggest rival winning a national freaking championship uh, for the first time since 1948, um, 
Everything that I've seen. Hey, they won the 1997 national championship. Where, where, where do people keep? What do you mean they didn't? Of course they did. Well, we'll talk about that later, but Nebraska would have beat there. You know what? Well, that uh, doesn't matter. I mean, they, they won one of the two major well, wire service national championships. I mean, that's, that's, that is, no, I want, I don't, I don't want that float. I mean, no, they won the 1997 national championship uh, with Charles Woodson and uh, uh, Brian Greasy, et cetera. I mean, that's, they, back then, championships got split a lot, man. I'm, I've been around for a long time, like you said, 40 years, and uh, that was a legit national championship. Now they play for it, which changes things. Back then, they didn't. Alabama split some national championships. Uh, Ohio State split the 1957, for example, national championship uh, with Auburn. Okay, so anyway. Okay, well, now, Michigan, that's clear. Michigan won its first full national championship since Civil War veterans were alive. Other than that, Ohio State has aced the month of January when you talk about teams in the Big Ten who are going to be vying for a championship next year. So, like, there's good news, a lot of it, floating around for Ohio State. We've been sitting here talking about good news for 40 minutes, and I, as much as I hate it, I think it was in the 12-minute mark, I said I hate to celebrate I hate when people celebrate coaches losing their jobs. These are people with families and mortgages to pay and things like that. But they also make a lot of money to be good at their jobs. And when they're not up to the standard at Ohio State, you have to call them out on it. And so a lot of this is good news for the direction of Ohio State. And so here's, here's the question. Let me ask you this, Spence, before you get to your commercial. Uh, what do they? What What is your sense of what they're going to do about special teams? Uh, we talked about that before you joined, Tim, actually. Um, go back if you're just joining us here uh, on a rapid reaction, uh, Letterman Row rapid reaction. It's There are three options. Ryan Day can take it over, a la Urban Meyer. Right. Uh, Ryan Day can hand it off to five or six assistants. Right. Or Ryan Day can point to Matt Guerrero, who's never coached special teams, or a Keenan Bailey, who has coached special teams at Ohio State, and say, hey, this is your unit now. Uh, right. Well, those are the options. And my point, my point is, there's a hole now that you, you know, there's definitely a hole now that you can fill on your staff if you want to hire an offensive coordinator or if you want to elevate somebody. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, you know, I think everybody out here or who's listening to this is wondering, okay, you've you've uh, fired your special teams coordinator and you fired your safeties coach. You scored three points, you know, <laughs> against uh, Missouri in the bowl game what's next, right? I think that I, I think that's what we're all waiting to see is what's next. Andy? Yeah, I mean, we kind of covered that, like who are they going to go and hire? I think for me, like my instinct is co-OC in and, and try to have a little bit more of that Kevin Wilson feel to have another right-hand man for Ryan Day in the offensive side of the ball and try to have maybe someone in the box, uh, like the bird's eye view angle. That's where Kevin Wilson mostly was. And, and able yep. to help out in that regard. And I think that that's going to be super key for Ohio State if they do go that way. The other thing I'll say when you guys are mentioning, you know, the Michigan national title, look at that Michigan roster. Look about how many players were there for four or five, sometimes six years because of the COVID waiver. You know, one thing that I thought was kind of funny this year with Ohio State's defense, a lot of people weren't sold initially at the beginning of the season because Ohio State had a great defense in 2022 until it didn't. And a lot of people were saying leading up to the Penn State game, in week eight this year, they were saying, well, you look at the Ohio State defense, the secondary especially, I'm just not sold. You see a lot of older players back there. You don't see usually old players at Ohio State. Well, I think that's probably one of the biggest follies ever because, you know, just because players are coming back doesn't mean they're not good enough to play at Ohio State. 
that's more true now than ever before. And I think you're seeing that with this defense. Yeah, guys are coming back for fourth, fifth years, but that doesn't mean they're not good enough to play. These are multi-year starters. These are guys that could go to the NFL if they wanted. Some, you could argue, should go to the NFL right now, but instead they're returning because they care about the legacy, not only for themselves, but they care about the legacy of their class, that 2021 class, especially at Ohio State. And so I think that notion of, Guys who are returning for fourth, fifth years at Ohio State aren't good enough. Yeah, I think that can be dispelled, and I think that was shown this year. Absolutely it was, Andy. Uh, what else is dispelled is – I'm going to try to land this one. What else is dispelled is the notion that New Year's resolutions do not work. I'm telling you, New Year's resolutions work. And you can make your resolution easier. Whatever your re- If your resolution is to save money, eat better, stress – Stress less no matter what you do. HelloFresh is here to help you decide to say yes to all three. Say hello to the most delicious year yet with fresh ingredients and chef-crafted recipes from the price you'll like delivered right to your door. Each HelloFresh box is packed with farm-fresh ingredients, and everything arrives pre-portioned right to your doorstep for less hassle and less wasted food. Uh, My wife and I decided we didn't really want to cook anything a couple weeks ago when I got the HelloFresh order. Guess what? My dinner was ready in 30 minutes. I didn't even feel like I cooked something. Why? Because it's fresh ingredients, and it's all portioned correctly. I didn't have to worry about anything. And HelloFresh brought it right to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com slash LettermanFree right now and use the code LettermanFree. That's right, HelloFresh.com slash LettermanFree. Use that code LettermanFree. You get free breakfast for life. That's right, one breakfast item per box. Every box you get to your door while your subscription is active. That is free breakfast for life at HelloFresh.com slash LettermanFree with the code LettermanFree. When I get to the end of the HelloFresh box, I am terribly sad because then I actually have to try to cook food again. And it's it's yeah, just difficult. Yeah, I have to go to the grocery store. Nobody wants I to go know, to the grocery store. I like the HelloFresh. I mean, I've, I've enjoyed my meals, and uh, I think most people would too. Yeah, it it, uh, it takes you 25, 30 minutes, uh, but you're eating gourmet-type stuff. So I've enjoyed mine. I just wanted to add my two cents worth in there. Sorry. There you go, Tim. There you go. What You know what's less than two cents? The free breakfast for life you yeah. get from HelloFresh. That's right. Use the code Letterman free. Andy's done it. Matt, uh, Tim May's done it. Matt's done it. Alex Lightman's done it. I've done it. You need to go do it now. Use that promo code, Letterman Free, free breakfast for life. Where Ohio State is going to the grocery store is for a new position coach. Where Ohio State doesn't have to go to the grocery store, a.k.a. the transfer portal, to pick up some fresh ingredients is all over the defense because this defense is humming. It's going to be back. Letterman Row will have every bit of it covered. Letterman Lounge message board. Go there now. You get your first month for $1. You get free breakfast for life and $1 of Letterman Row. Oh, my gosh. What more could you ask for in the month of January? The Buckeyes are going to be making a lot of moves, and uh, I'm excited to cover it all. Andy, how about you? Oh, absolutely. This is, a, as Tim mentioned, weird January, eventful January. It doesn't feel like the off season. It feels like the season. We have news every day, so uh, I think we're all happy about that, and spring ball is going to be here before we know it. Yeah, so it's like you're sitting at O'Hare or uh, Atlanta Hartsville Airport. You got planes taking off and landing, and uh, people getting off planes, getting on planes, et cetera. I mean, it's really an eventful. Like I said, they're winning the month of January. That's something to be said for the, uh, I don't know, the resolve, uh, for want of another word, uh, for Ryan Day of getting this uh, thing turned around and turned around. They went 11 and 2. They lost to the eventual national champion by six points. They lost to the eventual national champion last year, Georgia, by one point. You know, 
it's not like they're way out in the ocean and the shore is a long way away. Uh, they're right offshore. They can see it. And now I think they got, a, a, it appears more and more like they're getting more and more of the personnel to take care of business, especially with these guys coming back and you get a quarterback, the, 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 uh, the caliber of Will Howard. I mean, I think you've done, you've taken major steps to get there. Absolutely. Ohio State has now added a quarterback. They've added an offensive lineman. They've added a running back. They've added a lot of talent back to the defense. Maybe people thought we're going to go to the NFL. Um, and now you're seeing some coaching changes. It's the end of the coaching convention. This is when the carousel turns for the assistant coaches. Everyone wants the assistants to be done when the head coaches are done. But the reality is this is this month is assistant coach season. It just is. This is when all the assistant coaching moves are made. And Letterman Row will have them all covered like we do year round uh we have some breaking news actually as we do this donovan jackson is back for another year we don't have a story ready for that yeah. so donovan jackson back quick thoughts andy before we go get to some breaking news they're all coming back i guess i mean this just makes me think of what jordan hancock said jordan hancock is not announced by the way but he did say it's a group decision you know we're all talking about what we're doing of course everyone's got their own best interests in mind of what they need to do for themselves and their families but man it just feels like they're all in this together and that's got to be exciting. It's a huge piece for the offensive line. This is a much scrutinized offensive line. Donovan Jackson did not have his best year this year. I know he was, as Tim chronicled in his story, just kind of beating himself up about that moment, you know, tripping over Carson Hinsman in the Michigan game. I'm sure he wants to come back, kind of right those wrongs and have a good season and end up being, you know, a high-level draft pick in the 2025 draft. Yeah. And uh, this is Tim, before you go real quick, Andy, you want to hop off and go uh, take care of that? This is how the sausage is, folks. Yeah, yeah. I'll get it. Thanks, Andy. Ejection seat. Tim, how do you feel about Donovan Jackson coming back as we wrap things well, number up? Number one, there's more room in here. So I like that. <laughs> and number two, you know, I think we all, I mean, I think you did agree. I thought Donovan Jackson played extremely well most of the year. Uh, you know, everybody has their ups and downs. Everybody gets snookered every now and then on the on the offensive front by what the shenanigans that are going on in front of them. But uh Donovan Jackson is a great guy to have in your locker room, you know. I mean, this locker room that uh, – I mean, I still – I'm sorry, Spence, every time I, I – it just grates on me for somebody to come up with some kind of stupid inane blanket statement that Ryan Day has lost his locker room. I don't uh, think it's boy. Huh? No, I don't, I don't even care. I don't even care who said it and how many followers they have. That's just a stupid comment. And I think this is it, – it's almost in their face right now. Ryan Day is bound to determine to get this thing straightened out. But it looks like his locker room is too, right? And uh, the, and having a Donovan Jackson back, who could be an All American this year, I think we all thought he'd be All American this past season. Uh, but he is that caliber of player and that caliber of leader. You watched him lead those times we got to get into practice. You watched him lead, you know, last year, and now he'll have another another chance to do it. And plus, he's from West Houston, right down the road from where one of my brother's two residences are. Don't you wish you could say that one of your two residences? That means you're a success. But uh, I've always liked Donovan Jackson. I think you have too, and this is huge for this team. You're talking about a core player returning. Like Denzel Burke is a core player. You know, Jack Sawyer, right on down the line. Uh, the core of this team is returning. Yeah, Tim, no offense to this guy, but the one that pops into my mind is like when Antoine Jackson announced he was going to return a rotational defensive lineman who you liked, but he was going to be another rotational defensive lineman in return for 2021. You're like, oh, okay, good news for Ohio State. Like, yeah. that's that's good. Yeah. This, all of these announcements are like, oh my gosh, like this could be. And here's what, here's the thing 
What did we just see on Monday night, Tim? What did we watch? Yeah, we watched we two watched, lines. Yeah, we watched a well. What we really watched was well, a we watched a senior laden veteran team take care of business. We watched a coronation of a three year plan yeah. that did not start on November twenty something of twenty twenty one when Michigan beat Ohio State. It started in January of twenty twenty one. Correct. When Aiden Hutchinson and David Ojabo and Hassan Haskins all decided for Michigan in 2021, they were done losing to Ohio State. They were done being the floor of the top of the Big Ten. They were done being cast away as a nine and three program. They were done with 10 and twos and things like that. And they got their tails to work. They beat the crap out of Ohio State because they said enough is enough. And they went to the college football playoff. Then they got destroyed in the playoff two straight years. And then they got came close in the playoff last year. And then they finally win a national championship this year. But it, none of Wait, that. Let me interrupt you. You know what's funny is they were so geared to get ready to play a Georgia in the championship, you know, because Georgia had, had, had their, you know, had handled them. All of a sudden they're thrown in against TCU. You know what I mean? They weren't ready for that, you know. And uh, yeah, you're right. I didn't mean to interrupt your flow there, but. Uh, you got to give Michigan credit for the resolve. Now, all the other stuff, obviously we'll be talking about that for years to come, maybe decades to come. But but you're right. This this has a very similar feel to it. I agree. And that 2020 Michigan team went two and four, and they just decided we can't end like that. Well, this yeah. team at Ohio State just went 11 and two and said, we can't end like that. We know we get yeah. Michigan at home next year. We know we got to go to Penn State and Oregon next year. We know we host Iowa next year. Like It's not a, the easiest schedule Big Ten-wise in the world, but no Big Ten schedule ever again is going to be easy. Ohio State knows the gauntlet it's got next year, but it's going to have a lot back. And it just feels like they're almost like, I don't want to say they're Waterloo because like that Napoleon lost Waterloo. But, you know, uh, it's their, uh, you know, almost like their duty to Ohio State to correct the things of the last three years, to get back over Michigan after Michigan is now the very top of not only the Big Ten, but of college football, hoisting that national title trophy. I don't know what's going to be back for Michigan next year. I don't care what's back for Michigan next year because all of these guys coming back for Ohio State tells me that they want to do one thing to start at beat Michigan and then win the Big Ten and then win a national championship. And I think this team – with Donovan Jackson returning, with Jack Sawyer returning, with Lathan Ransom and Denzel Burke and potentially JT Tuimoloa, with the addition of Quinchon Judkins, with potentially Travian Henderson coming back, maybe Emeka Ibuka coming back. We're not really sure yet. Like, this has all the makings of the January that turned the tide back for Ohio State. And I think yeah. that's something that Ohio State fans should be very, very excited about. Yeah, Emeka Ibuka has been retweeting a few things, though, that were interesting that that at least show he is definitely pondering a return. You know, you always wait until the tweet, the official word from the from the man. But uh, you're exactly right. And by the way, the Waterloo was won by the British. So yeah, that's why I said it was. There was a winner in Waterloo. You know, everybody thinks of the loser in that thing, but another another team won that thing. You know, so I thought your analogy was right on. If you're British, yeah, but, I don't. Uh, yeah, the sun never sets on the British or on Spencer Holbrook, but uh, but uh, British Empire for Spencer Holbrook. But but no, you're exactly right, and uh, it just there was there's been something I don't know a feel a sense of something different even about the head coach, you know Ryan Day, and 
his resolve is the word I keep using that this is going to get fixed, you know, and I don't mean to keep saying, you know, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, And it's transcending to the players and vice versa. I do believe, you know, I think there's going to be one more coaching change probably, but I'm not, you know, I mean, there's going to be one more coach brought in. I do, you know, obviously, Uh, but uh, we'll see where that goes. Uh, But, we're not talking about we're not talking about reinventing the wheel here. We're just talking about putting maybe uh, a new tire on the wheel and seeing where it's going. That's the closest I could get to my analogy there to race car driving. Yeah, it is a big, big day full of good news for Ohio State. Ohio State will have a new special teams coach after three years of, of subpar special teams play. Ohio State has a new safeties coach that has acknowledged in the system with Jim Knowles. Ohio State has Denzel Burke returning for another year with the Buckeyes. And since we started recording this video 54 minutes and 29 seconds ago, Ohio State now has Donovan Jackson back for another year of good of offensive line play to try to correct some of the things that maybe went wrong for that unit last year. Justin Fry now has uh, a lot of options on the interior of that line couple options outside. Maybe the Buckeyes can go find another tackle if they feel the need to. If not, you got to almost trust what they're doing right now because of how well they're doing in this yeah. month of January. It's hard to deny what the Buckeyes are putting together right now. And, and, they got Josh, yeah. and they got Josh Simmons after spring football last year, for example. He ended up working out for him. Victor Cutler did not end up working out for him, or he didn't have the patience to stick around for another year, depending on where you want to look there. But uh, – yeah, this this spring is big for a lot of the young offensive linemen. Uh, I'm talking about you, Luke Montgomery. I mean, I see some guys who are poised to step up. You you know, and uh, that's the sense I've got is uh, I think this offensive line room has the makings to be exactly what they want it to be in the fall. Now it's time for guys to step up, and having Donovan Jackson back to lead that group is huge. You're absolutely right, Tim. There are coaching moves happening everywhere across college football. Letterman Row will have all of them that happen at Ohio State covered. We're at the Letterman Lounge message board talking about it. $1 for your first month. That's right, $1 for your first month. Go get that coverage. I promise you won't regret it. If you do, you can send me a personal email and tell me that you regretted your dollar decision to come join Letterman Row. $1. $1. You know what? That's cheaper that's than that. cent pieces. That's two fifty cent pieces. That's eight yep. bits. Yeah, it's, it's also that's cheaper than quarters. That's not that's that's ten dimes. Who hadn't got ten dimes in their in their in their uh, couch cushions? So yeah, you're right. And it's like I keep saying, it's a hell of a lot cheaper than uh, than Peacock. But boy, if you don't have a Peacock this weekend, <laughs> yeah. you might be in a and it might maybe in a quandary when it comes to the NFL uh, playoffs. But you're exactly right. That's one of the great bargains out there. One dollar uh, for LettermanRoad.com, etc. Find us in the Letterman Lounge message board. Find us on the Letterman Row YouTube channel. Find us all on Twitter and find us at LettermanRow.com where we cover the Buckeyes 365 days a year, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Good news for the Buckeyes. More coming on the way, we expect. Tim made the 40-year vet. He'll be there covering it all, as will I, Spencer Holbrook, as will Andy Backstrom, who's hard at work breaking down Donovan Jackson returning to Ohio State. We'll see you guys over at LettermanRow.com. We'll see you back on the YouTube channel whenever we need to be here. Cut. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your 
first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older in present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text hope NY in New York. Okay, here's the situation. Our daughter Mia is leaving for her first sleepover. We have friends coming to stay and we just got a puppy. So I go on Instacart and solve everything in one order from Kohl's. Fun PJs for Mia. Oh, new bedding for the guest room and a vacuum cleaner that actually picks up pet hair. All delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. With Kohl's on Instacart, there's no such we can't fix. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum order. Additional terms apply.